It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, like always, if you would like to find out more about our guests, more about the show, we invite you to visit us on social media, Facebook at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now, and follow us there as well. You can also reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on Air. Or you can listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. We begin this morning with Chris Carosa. He is the author of the book, The Parent's Guide to Turning Your Teen into a Millionaire. It's our pleasure to welcome Chris to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So you're here this morning, among other things, to talk about your new book, The Parent's Guide to Turning Your Teen into a Millionaire. I have two teens and would love to turn them into millionaires. That'd be great for all of us. Yep. It's uh, it's actually pretty simple. Now, I will kind of spoiler alert here. They're not going to be a millionaire by the time they actually graduate from high school, but the wheels will have been set in motion and they would not have to do much of anything else after they graduate to end up a multimillionaire when they retire. All right. So let's talk about your background. For those that may not know you, Chris, tell us about your background. Well, I've got about uh, almost 40 years now in the financial services industry. I've been an, an investment advisor. I started banks. I started mutual funds. I've done almost everything you can do in the financial services area, both working with clients and working with firms who work with clients. So I'm pretty varied when, I, when I'm out there doing things. Now, a recent report says that just 57% of Americans are financially literate. Um, break that down for us. And what does that say about a majority of Americans? So most people really have never taken any official training or formal training in financial areas of any sort. I mean, maybe the most that they've done is learn how to add and subtract on a checkbook. They don't have some of even the basics of, say, investing and saving and, and how it's good for you. They, they're, they do get some training or they're supposed to get some training if they're lucky from their company, if their company has a 401k plan. But even then, that training isn't too far in depth because most companies don't really want to get into the business of being a business school or, you know, a financial school. So it's, so it's very rare that people get the training unless it's hands-on. Tough for parents, really, to teach their kids about finance if the parents don't know. Okay, so only 12 states require students take a personal finance class to graduate from high school. Wow, look at that. I remember being in high school and we took kind of home economics, but not sure if everybody does that these days. No, that's uh, unfortunately that that sort of curriculum has gone by the wayside for other things. And it's it's really tough to teach. I mean, even even when their curriculum is there, like in the states where there are there, are the teachers trained to really talk about finance in a way that exudes confidence so the kids actually take it seriously. In a lot of cases, I'll, I'll give you an example of a common thing that's done that's definitely the wrong way to teach finance. Often schools will have what they'll call a stock market game. They'll give kids make-believe money, like $10,000, and they'll say, you, you pick three stocks, and at the end of the month, whoever has the most money, you know, make-believe money because the stocks go up, they win, I don't know, a prize. And that's wrong. It's absolutely wrong because what that 
teaches kids is it teaches kids that they should focus only on trading stocks, doing something short term, when the real value of investing in stocks is long term. Even though, even if you went the entire school year, which is you know what nine months, that's not long enough to really learn the value of investing for long term in stocks. I mean, it's it's not something you can do hands on. All right. Now, we think of parents as being their kids' first teachers. Is it up to parents to teach their children about finances? I think the parents are actually in the best position to do that. And you you won't want to necessarily frame it as though the parents are teaching kids about finances. If you go to the typical parent and you say, look, you have two choices. You can either teach your kids about finance or you can teach your kids how to run a business. Most would probably say, I'll teach them how to run a business. I'm a little bit more comfortable with that. Even if I've never done it myself, I know a lot of people who have, and so I could learn it. And that's really all they need to do. So don't call it teaching finance when you're talking about parents doing it. You should call it teaching about how to run a business. It's a lot easier for parents to show their kids how to, even a small business, mowing lawns or babysitting or something like that. Everything that you have to do, keeping records of when you get paid, how much the expenses are, things like that. Very simple things, very simple budgeting things for business goes a long way to teaching kids about money. All right, let's talk about some of the disadvantages that kids have when they don't know how money works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, the disadvantages manifest themselves when those children become adults and they're behind the eight ball on a lot of things if they don't know about money. I mean, the biggest example is just taking on debt. And I'm not talking about the popular topic now, student debt. That's a different issue. I'm just talking about normal household debt, spending more with credit cards than you should be and not being able to pay those credit cards off right away. Those sort of things can add up and hurt you in the long term, You know, whether it's your credit score or just your ability to start to buy things that you need to buy. Really what it comes down to is it comes down to a sense of, understanding budgeting or, or if you want to use a fancier term, cash flow. You know, you, you can only spend the amount of money that you have coming in. The amount of money that goes out can be, not be more than the amount of money is coming in or else you're going to be, have a problem. So that's the most fundamental thing. That, by the way, is why I say if you teach a kid about how to run a business, they'll learn that. They'll learn that right away. All right. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. More information about the show, more information about our guests can be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on air. Or you can listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. On the phone with me now is Chris Caruso. He is the author of the book, The Parent's Guide to Turning Your Teen into a Millionaire. Now, let's talk about some of the basics. What are some of the basic things that our children should know? Um, Let's say around the age of 10, what should they know about money at that age? Well, they should know that money gets converted into goods. You can buy stuff with money. So it has a value to get them things that they want to get. Now, you know, obviously you don't want to go overboard and, you know, teach them that that's the only purpose of money or to spend. But, That's the most fundamental thing. The other thing, and this really is not a money question, but it does impact money, is just simple math, adding and subtracting, understanding how that works. And I remember a lot of times when we would have math problems, 
the math problem would be making change. So, you know, if something costs 65 cents and they gave you a dollar, how much change do they get back? So even teaching math in terms of money like that goes a long way to helping kids understand it and get more comfortable. The other thing that you want to do with kids that are that age, you want to play games that involve money, like Monopoly or the Game of Life. Those are fun ways. Well, actually, sometimes kids get mad if they lose. But aside <laughs> from that, they're, they're fun ways that the kids can learn about how to handle money. And again, they're doing the adding and subtracting to do it. But particularly in the Game of Life, where you have to make a couple of choices for example, right off the bat, you have to decide if you're going to college or you're going to work, and that's going to impact how much you earn, at least it used to. Now maybe it's the other way around. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, So those are fun things for kids that age to learn. All right. Now what about teens? I, as I mentioned earlier, I have two teenagers. Um, when they start earning their own money, what advice would you give to parents there? Well, there's, uh, there's this like tween age before they're really full teenagers and when they're still like 10 or there's this in-between age where they could be working, they could be earning some money, but they really don't have a sense of value for that money. That's really when the parents should take the initiative and set up child IRAs for their children. Now the kids won't know what the child IRAs are. And in, in fact, the, the child IRAs can be set up solely by the parents without the kids even being there because the kids aren't allowed to sign any of the paperwork anyway. Uh, but and then I've interviewed people in both the book that you mentioned in my previous book uh, from from cradle to retirement, both really talking about the child IRA. I've interviewed dozens of parents and now adult children who had child IRAs and found out this really amazing thing. The kids don't know anything about money when the child IRA starts. The parents are the ones who actually are helping the kids do this. The kids can still spend money that they have because it doesn't matter where the actual money comes from that goes into the IRA. It just cannot exceed whatever the child earns in that year. So they get funded as the kids get older, when they become later teenagers say, and they start looking at their child IRA statements, they're wowed by how much money is in there. First, it's the money that they save, but then it's money that has hopefully grown through investing and, you know, for kids, you don't really have to have a lot of money to impress them. But almost universally, everybody that I've interviewed, you know, as they remember as kids looking at that statement and saying, wow, I can't believe how much money I have. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that, that I got from these interviews is those once children, now adults, understand the real value of the child IRA. And they're more committed than their parents to start their own children at a younger age and trying to maximize how much money they put into the IRAs because they see the benefits of how it grows. So it's something that they learn through experience. Remember how I said you can't teach investing in stocks in one school year? Well, this is how you teach, say, investing. Just over a number of years, over the, the life of the child to the young adult, they'll be able to see the advantage of investing in stocks, and then they'll be encouraged to do that for their own children. Okay, so let's go back to a scenario we talked about teens and um, when they start earning their own money. But how do you, as a parent, work with them to help them save and not just spend? Because, you know, you have teenagers, they, you know, they make the money and most of them want to spend it as fast as they get it. <laughs> 
Well, I think one way that parents do this is they treat the child IRA like a 401k in the sense, let's say that the child earns $10 and the, the parents want, you know, would like to see all that $10 go into a child IRA, but realizes that the child is really motivated to buy a bike. So they, they're going to have to save, I don't know how much a bike costs. Let's say a bike costs $100. So it might take them $10 a week, 10 weeks to earn enough money to buy a, a bike. But the parents say, all right, if you can wait a little bit longer to buy a bike and put $5 of that $10 into your child, child IRA, I will put the other $5 into the child IRA. So you see how it's like matching, like a company matches a 401k contribution. So the parents can encourage the children to save while at the same time the children see that they're actually getting enough money to buy the bike or whatever it is that they want to buy. And again, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning, we're speaking to Chris Carosa. He is a graduate of Yale University, a certified trust and fiduciary advisor, and the author of the book, The Parent's Guide to Turning Your Teen into a Millionaire. Let's talk about allowance. Is allowance still a good strategy for learning about money? And what do you advise parents here in terms of managing their own money and getting allowance. Is that something that parents still should be doing at this day and age? Well, I think allowances are still okay, but you don't want to rely on them too much because the child, well, first of all, the child ought to be doing some sort of work. The allowance is tied to some sort of work. So it doesn't look like it's a free handout. Uh, otherwise the kid has no incentive to, to, to learn more about things. But ultimately what you want is you want the child to begin to earn his or her own money. And you can do that either by having them work if they're old enough, or there's there's a lot of creative ways now with the internet where kids could begin to earn money uh, in a variety of ways just by creating content. I'm not an expert in this. Uh, I have interviewed kids who have done it. Uh, in fact, I just interviewed somebody uh, for Forbes magazine who started a an internet-based business when she was a teenager, or I think maybe 12, uh, and she was beginning to earn money that way. Now she's an adult, and that business, her products are in Walmart. So, you know, it started off as a maybe a little kid hobby. Uh, now it's a real business. So that's really kind of what I would kind of encourage parents to, to push, to urge their kids in that direction. Now, earlier you talked about a child IRA, but what's the difference between that and a 529 plan? 529 plans are limited in what they can be used for. They can only be used for education, and they can only be used for that person's education, whoever whoever it's in. And, you know, if you a lot of parents think that they should be setting up 529 plans rather than something that is an IRA. And if the child ends up getting a scholarship, then that 529 plan is essentially wasted. It has to be redirected to something else gifted to another child or something like that. The advantages of 529 plans, though, are you are not required to have any income. And, and anybody can give to a, child, to a 529 plan. So parents, grandparents, et cetera, can give directly to the 529 plan. Whereas with a child IRA, the child has to earn income. So that's, that's the thing that moves the, the child IRA. 
All right. Well, we're running out of time this morning. Before we go, tell us about your book, The Parent's Guide to Turning Your Teen into a Millionaire. Tell us about that. Tell us about the book. So that book really is a how-to guide. It tells you exactly what you need to do, who you need to talk to when you do it, because you really can't do it alone. You need to make sure that you have an accountant or somebody involved, because there are a lot of state-level laws that you have to abide by. They're not hard. You just have to be aware of them, and generally somebody like an accountant will be aware of them. And you can get that book anywhere books are sold, whether you want to go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever you buy books, you can get it. You can look it up by name or my name, chriscarosa.com, and you can find that book and any of the other books I've written. All right. And with that, we're out of time. Thank you so much, Chris. I really do appreciate you taking time to talk to us this morning. Good information. Thank you. We've been speaking to Chris Carosa, author of the book, The Parent's Guide to Turning Your Teen into a Millionaire. Stick around. We'll be back with more Sunday Morning Magazine in a moment. Hi, it's Kristen. Did you know that not doing things is easier than doing them? There's a lot of things to do, especially this time of year. But when you don't do things, there's more time to do things. Does that make sense? What I mean is when you use Shipt to get everything from gifts to groceries delivered same day, you have more time for the things you want to do. To not do things so that you can do other things, visit Shipt.com slash holiday. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com slash holiday. Your story, it lives in River City, where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel, where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another, where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives.